everybody. Welcome to the Toy Lines Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Romero, and with me is... Ian Westhoff. Hey, how is everybody doing? I'm all right, Tom. How are you doing? All right. Some rough news this week, unfortunately. Actor Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman has died of colon cancer at the age of 43. This came as an incredible shock. First thing I thought of, all those children just lost their hero. I remember when Christopher Reeves died, and I could only imagine that's what it's like to all these kids right now. You know, our thoughts and prayers with his family. Yeah. It was just an incredible shock, you know? I mean, super young, super talented. Super young is right, yeah. Yeah, I had never seen any of his other movies, but when I saw, um, first saw Civil War, Civil War, right? Yeah. Um, I was really impressed because he, he kind of, he had this, like, he gave the character this, not royalty is the right word, but there was like this kingly feel to the character, but also, you know, he wasn't like, he was like humble, but he was kingly and, you know, like performed the character well. That and in the Avengers, I didn't see Black Panther, but he, I really liked, like, it was kind of like how Robert Downey Jr., he's always going to be Iron Man. Exactly. That's how I felt about him. Like nobody's gonna play. Nobody could play this role because he did a, such a well job of um, making it, making it real. And, and I don't know if making it his own is the right phrase, but you know, but he made it. Real. He did. He, he did. brought it to life in a way that, like, you know, it's like that's the character. That's that's who he is. So yeah, it was. Um, and then I started kind of like looking through his history. I was like, wow, he did a lot of good stuff. So yes, yeah, very. Um, yeah, forty two was great. He played Jackie Robinson. Just cancer is such a terrible thing. You know, it, it claims so many lives. And, you know, to not nobody really knew about the cancer as far as I, what I've read. Um, yeah, he kept his yeah, life private. Which is, I always think that's great when an actor does that. And as far as keeping your life private, I think that's great. But, like, you know, that he was so sick and he has every right to keep that private. It's sad because, you know, people could have, something you could really do, but, you, you know, keeping your prayers and stuff like that but it's um it was like a shock you know it's it just kind of it's like waking up the night, that morning and you're like what you don't expect that yeah I, I read about it on friday night and all i saw were these pictures on instagram mm -hmm. children crying and black panther action figures just you know so really, yeah so really if he's let's just say since he started that character he um created this superhero existed but he created this on-screen superhero that um you know will like forever live on with so many fans whether they're older or younger and that's kind of like a testament of his ability as an actor when you can just like think of him like you say christopher reeve you think of superman if you automatically think of him if you think of um yeah i was just thinking about all the children when we were kids christopher reeve was our superman you know, yeah. we're, it was the first time, like, oh, my God, he, he's flying, has laser eyes. I can only imagine what it must feel like, you know, being a, a kid, you know, back in 2016, you know, seeing him, oh, my God, it's one of us. I can run real fast. I can save people. I can run a, a whole kingdom. I, I can stand shoulder to shoulder with, with Captain America. It's heartbreaking. It must And depending on the age of the child right now, it must be tough because, you know, the younger the child, the tougher it is to explain and just to understand, you know, that, that whole thing, that's also tough. You know, it's tough for adults to understand, too, just when you lose somebody from, from that. And, and like I said, cancer, is that is a battle that's just like, that is a tough battle. And you see people who go through it. And not only is it is cancer terrible, but, like, the treatment is brutal. You know, the chemo, the radiation, it's just like, good Lord. But, but the people who go through it are extremely strong for, for battling it because it's it knocks the hell out of you poisoning your body to kill off the cancer so you can get better and it is it is tough i'm just saying from relatives and friends and from what i've read and he was working he was working through all that that's incredible too that's like that's amazing you never would have known you know like he just wouldn't know so that that you know you're somebody who is having this chat you know this this battle sign of a strong man going through all that and and still doing what you love to do. So, yes, God, uh, God be with him and his family. Joe Ruby of Ruby Spears. Is he the creator or co-creator of Scooby-Doo? He was the co-creator of Scooby-Doo. Right. Yeah, Joe Ruby. He died at 81. Natural causes. Na natural causes. Yeah. How, how yeah. old was he again? 81. 81. I mean, 80s 
still seem as you get older it seems that age seems younger in a way you know i remember being a kid thinking 80s was like whoa oh yeah that's the end of line you know my my grandfather was like in the high 90s when he died so yeah um but natural causes but yeah he helped bring a character i'm not a fan of scooby-doo personally but like he he helped bring this character that like how many children watched or still watch to this day i just remember turbo teen from them you don't know what Turbo Teen is? The kid no. that he got into, like, he was driving one night, got into an electrical storm. Him and his car crashes into a lab, and chemicals got on him, and so he actually fused with his car. I believe it, it was temperature activated. Like, when, yeah, if it got, like, hot, he would turn into his car, and then uh, if he got cold, he'd revert back to being a kid. That's so weird. Yeah. It's kind of like the flash up until where it turns into the car. You know, like you, <laughs> lightning and chemicals and except Barry Allen officially Toy Fair 2021 it will be postponed until 2022. This is, of course, due to COVID. There's something they're going to do in the spring of 2021 Toy Fair related, although they haven't said what. And the Toy of the Year and Hall of Fame award will be uh, a virtual thing uh, in 2021. I guess it's to be expected. You know that, that this was going to happen. So, you know they had to make a decision sooner or later. You know, twenty twenty two. Now it's just like, come on, twenty twenty two. Yeah, there. stay tuned to toylines.com for updates. We'll be covering everything like we do every year. Yeah, and then we have the podcast now, so we'll just be blabbing about everything. Didn't like reading that. We can refocus. You know, the, we're yeah, still yeah. growing. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's. I'm going to look at it as a time to regroup, to re- reestablish, reestablish yeah. our, our contacts and everything. So here's the thing. Um, there's been a theory for, that's been going around that the, that the true bully of the Karate Kid is Daniel. That he is kind of granted he got picked on the first time when he, you know, when uh, they're at the beach and he kind of he's just trying to help the girl out. But he did. The theory goes that he was kind of an instigator constantly to Johnny. Now, I don't know. This is the 80s. You could have a bully in a movie. I always kind of felt that he was the bully, Johnny with the blonde hair. But I was never a big Karate Kid fan. I'm going to be honest with you. Karate Kid 1, 2, 3. Those all had Ralph Macchio. The fourth one had the girl. Uh, and then they did the remake with Jackie Chan. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I never liked the Karate Kid. I saw on YouTube they had a free episode or two of that was like the first episode. I think the first two they had. And I'm going to I'm going to be 100% honest. I watched those two episodes and I was like the show is so freaking good. And I kid you not. Yeah, it really is. It it makes you look at things in one way. It makes you look at Johnny in one way. It makes you look at Daniel in another way. And then it does the same thing again where you look back at them where you see each side of the story. It's a uh, it it's written very well. It it's not it's not cheesy. It's not stupid. It's it's really written very well. I I, I can't say that enough. It's kind of 80s, but not goofy 80s. It it's just is literally continuing the characters like so many years later. I don't want to give anything away if anybody plans on watching it, but seasons one and two are now on the, on Netflix. I haven't seen all the episodes. I'm on to um, episode three so far of the first season. And whereas you got Johnny and Daniel, and then you got these new kids in it, it's just a really good show. Um, they're going to have a season three, which will be out in 2021. If you like the Karate Kid, I say definitely watch it. If you're like, you're not sure, but you're an 80s fan, and of course you remember it, watch it. Because it really, there's a lot of great nods to the movie. Um, but it, it, it's not rehashing old stuff. I, I, I really can't give you a good review of it without giving things away. So if you're bored one night, this is what I told my sister today. Because she was, she was kind of like, eh. I was like, Watch the first episode. If you don't like it, then just don't watch it. But I, I really think the first episode hooks people in. Is there any mention of Hillary Swank at all? Not. She, well, she, not, was... she was in it. She's she's in the fourth, and there is no mention yet. I'm not. Let's put it this way, though. I'm still very early in the show with watching it. It's only the third episode of season one. Whether or not they will mention it, I don't know. Elizabeth Shue, you know, they, they show flashbacks, so they show her in it. Will she come back on? I I don't know if she did. I don't know if she will. Well, she died in the boys, so she may need the work. Oh, did she really? Yeah. Well, bring her on. 
know, it, it's, I really like it. I'm not going to say it's like Stranger Things good because they're two completely different types of shows. But honestly, this is a show like I really want, I, I could watch, I've only been watching an episode a night. And this is literally a show I would watch like half the season right away because I just enjoy it that much. And, and they're only like 20 something minutes long, but not that they feel longer. They get a lot of a plot out in this length of time that tells the story. There's no like loose nonsense thrown in just for nonsense sake. It's kind of like they have this idea and they're getting it out. They, they know how to get it out properly. And um, a lot of shows that either are continued from the 80s or, you know, just modern day shows. I don't think they know how to do that. So the writing is very, very good. And it's, um, I don't know how many scenes they plan on going. I know it's three so far, but it's, it's, it's really good so far. And I, I, I recommend it to anybody. But yeah, that was my um, Karate Kid thing. It's Cobra Kai. Check it out. CW is coming out with a live action Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. And, you know, this is something I'm surprised it took them so long to do, like a live action, whether it was a movie, not just on the CW, but like all of a sudden. Well, I'm I'm a little surprised. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it does. I mean, it deserves one, but I don't. But it's also the way there's a necessity for it. You know, they're taking the Powerpuff girls who are essentially kids and making them 20. 20. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I think they're retired from superheroing and. Kind of like, well, apparently they're they're bitter and pissed yeah, off yeah. that they're that so it's like they gave up their childhood. Yeah, so I, I don't know how how to feel about this. I I, I watched some episodes, but you know what really makes me think is the uh, the voice actors. You know, um, Mojo Jojo. Uh, I was gonna do that, and you beat. He, uh, sorry, I do a pretty good Mojo Jojo, <laughs> but you know, maybe another day. Will he will he be on the show? That I don't know. But I'll like, tune in for that for a cybernetic was, monkey. What about like Tower Strong and you know Elizabeth Daly, you know who did the yeah. voices? You know, will they maybe they'll have cameos? That'd be pretty uh, cool. But yeah. I, I just it's, it's going to be going to be part of the Berlanti verse, so I'm little hopeful. So oh. you know it's in good hands, but it's I don't know. I mean, you know, you got a weird bracket age bracket. You're gonna have the fans of the original show who are grown up. Oh yeah, you have twenty somethings now who watch it. So it's kind of like, how long will it last? You, you can't really guess. You know, you could say a season, but it could go on to do really well. So it's like, you don't really know. Right, and then look what the CW's done with the Archie crew. Well, everything hasn't worked except for the one show. Like all the other shows. Oh, like Sabrina and Sabrina's th- done. Um, I think, but that could be a Netflix thing. True, because I mean, Sabrina was a good show. I watched it. They did a Halloween special that was kind of creepy. I mean, it was definitely a more adult take on her. Mm-hmm. But same yeah. thing with Riverdale. Horror. Yeah, same yes. thing with Riverdale. Riverdale is actually an interesting show. That's I just whole... stopped watching it because, you know, I, I started feeling Perf- like a perv <laughs> watching all these teenage kids. Well, the other thing is that that's what the CW is known for, having shows like that. That's true. We all grew up on Smallville. Or, or Dorson's Creek, or you know any of those shows of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They're yeah, all Buffy. They're all the same kind of stuff. Just um, the same. It's not the same genre, but you got like that same element of the teen angst, or or maybe twenty something angst when you're kind of finding out to do a life. And you know, it's like that movie Singles. When I was in high school, the movie Singles came out, and I'm like, man, they look so old and so these characters. You know, like it's gonna be me one day, and then you know, so it's uh. It, you know, it has a chance, just like any other show, to be a hit if they do it right. If they don't do it right, they they waste money. But right, you know, but I mean, goes. at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a like a anime, a new animated Powerpuff Girls. Well, didn't you they know, have one? They rebooted it yeah. a few years ago, and it was okay. See, I'm gonna just throw this out there, and if anybody, what's the dude's name who takes care of the CW? Greg Berlanti. If anybody want anybody working for CW Cartoon Network. Or anything. I'm gonna give this out for free. Live action Samurai Jack. That's all I'm saying. You, you just do that show as it was. You get a really good actor, and you're gonna have some amazing stuff. I I would totally watch uh, Samurai Jack. Yeah, that would be a great idea. But getting back to the Powerpuff Girls, I wonder if Craig McCracken is gonna be a part of. He was the creator, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's care. talented too. He did uh, Foster's for oh, Imaginary imagine. Friends. Yep. Right. Yeah, uh, he that had, would if, be a great live action show. It's good. It's just the title. Expensive, 
I'm thinking, I mean, only because, like, if I was in charge of it, I would do, like, a, a brand new character or a brand new imaginary character every week. That's cool, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to see him be a part of it in some capacity. Yeah, um, maybe he had to at least sign off on it, you know? Yeah, because I, I don't think he was part of the reboot. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe he, yes, he does own it. Um, well, no, Cartoon Network owns them. Or gotcha. Warner Brothers. Yeah, it all goes back to somebody in the end. But, I mean, being a bitter 20-year-old female, I mean... I don't know. Yeah. I'm a bitter 45-year-old guy, so a little... They could do a show about the Toy Lines verse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, one of the greatest superhero that's not a superhero movies just turned 30. So it's a superhero movie not based on a superhero. And I'm talking about Sam Raimi's Dark Man. That movie... I love that movie. And Sam Raimi, he, he's such a talented director. And I always remember when I saw the trailer, thinking he just looked so cool with like the bandages and like this ratty trench coat and the hat. And I saw the movie finally, and I'm like, dude, this movie is sick. This is so, so much cool action. And like, he's just a really cool character. And actually, I knew a guy who wound up doing um, back. This is back when they still did painted backgrounds. He did some background work on it um he actually did a he did the opening shot for the original flash tv show so this is the one um back in the 90s it was a a scene it was a map painting of central city and he he painted that so with with, with dark man i remember just liking the movie i loved the bruce bruce campbell cameo at the end which they wanted him to be dark man uh sam Raimi did but you know, the studio fought it. Liam Neeson was great in it, by the way. Mm. They didn't make two other ones, but uh, Liam Neeson did not go to those. It was a, a gentleman named Arnold Oslo who played him. Yeah, Dark Man is just so cool looking. And um, it's a great comic book movie that's not a comic book, but it has like the feel of it. And I remember later on, Marvel actually adapted it to a cartoon, like to what, a comic or a cartoon? Comic, yeah, four issue miniseries. I believe it's four issues. You know what? I'm surprised they're not rebooting that. I think Universal owns it. Give it time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm about to be rebooted. So, Lower Decks is an animated show about the, I guess, the working class on a starship for Star Trek. It's supposed to be a comedy. It's very lighthearted, but it's not that funny. I like the concept. Yeah, the concept is excellent. The execution could use yeah. some help. Yeah. Now, Fox or slash Disney... Yes, yeah. has taken its cues from it, and they're making X Files Albuquerque. Yeah, same thing. It's the X Files B team right. that they Actually, solve the they solve the mysteries that Mulder and Scully can't be bothered with. Yes, from what they said, it was quote an office full of misfit agents who investigate the X File cases. Too wacky, ridiculous, or downbeat, or dopey for Mulder and Scully to be bothered with. Like, I don't know. As a fan of the X-Files, I just don't know how I feel about it. Because part of the concept of the X-Files was Mulder always trying to make his these X-Files legitimate. You know, everybody called him spooky. You know, he was an embarrassment. You know, something like this kind of takes away from all that. I, so feel. I, I never watched the X-Files. I was never a fan of it. Did they? Who did they work for? The FBI or something? Yeah, they were both FBI agents. Oh, okay. And the X-Files were just like these weird files that they watch. Well, here's what happened. So Mulder, he, his sister was abducted. He believed. Okay. So his whole purpose in life was to find out what happened. He joins the FBI and then he starts to get into these cases that were never solved. These X-Files, per se, were something of the... I, I don't want to say... See, I don't want to use supernatural because that that brings in uh, something like odd, ghosts and yeah. goblin contacts. Goblins. These were, yeah, these were the files that I guess pertain to flat out alien. Okay, and and these were the the things Mulder was into. He would try and solve these cases or at least investigate them. And basically, you know, he brings in Scully, who is also a doctor, a medical doctor, who is also in the FBI. And she's kind of like the straight person of the group. Okay. She thinks Mulder's just weird and, you know, full of himself. As the show progresses, she starts to believe. So she's not a believer at first? No, not at all. Okay. A show like this takes away some of the legitimacy from it, the actual it, it, X-Files. Well, it's kind of like, you know, anything, really. If, if you make, um, 
look at the sixties Batman. You know, if you have if your Batman is a Batman who's dark and brooding and you know the mean streets of Gotham, and you got him riding a freaking surfboard with a clown, you know, they're two different versions and you know and the other thing is it could work because there are some things uh even i don't know if it's if star wars is the right example that are just so like downright dumb funny that it doesn't bother you you know like you just well yeah i'm sh- i'm sure some of the hardcore fans will be into yeah, it yeah like with lower decks i was i was into it however they might do a better job than lower decks and Possibly. you know the the show could be um like a good for animated version of like eerie indiana or are you afraid of the dark which are some great you know kids kind of creepy shows that those are excellent shows you know if they come if, it really dep- honestly it depends on the story you know everything comes down to writing and if um if you write it well that's you've done your job so as long as they don't rest on the title of the x-files um, and they actually go in and do their job, then you're going to have a good creation on your hands or on your screen or wherever you watch it on your phone. And look at Star Wars Detours. Yeah, that was supposed to get That never came out right. At all. Yeah, that, that was one was going to. And then, I mean, we're, we're still waiting on Disney Plus to make a decision. Hopefully one day we'll see it. I don't think they're going to release it personally, unless they, unless they go about it like the holiday special. And do a new version, and um, so it's completely theirs in a way. I mean, Detours is ready to go. I remember reading about it, and like this thing is about to happen, and then it was like, where'd it go? You know, all of a sudden they just pulled the rug out from under it. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, all these reboots and stuff. Speaking of reboots, there's a Scream reboot coming out. Yeah, well, here's the thing: David Arquette's coming back. Um, I believe Courtney Cox is coming back, minus the TV show, which on MTV didn't really i think have much to do with the they had uh, they mentioned it but it didn't really have much to do with like scream the movie the the reboot could be kind of good the first scream was a a great movie it was very well written kind of really threw people for a loop too because you didn't expect anything in that movie you were trying to guess all along about who it is and i felt kevin williamson who wrote it um created it he did such a good job with this script dialogue was a little bit too fancy that's his thing though dawson's creek was like that here's the guy who took the book of i know what you did last summer which is a poorly written horror novel and made it into a fairly decent screenplay scream also had going for Wes craven and he was craven was genius as scream progressed i think in as usual usually in sequels, the higher the number, the worse they get. It's my opinion. They kind of got a little wonky with, like, reasonings. The first movie, you know, it was um, from beginning to end, rock solid. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad to see some original cast members coming back. One person to be in all of the Scream films, as he will be in this one, the fifth one, and he was in the TV show, is the guy who did the phone on The Voice. They call him The Voice. He's the voice of the ghost face, the killer. He's he's the guy in the, you know, the phone call, like, hello, Sydney. That guy, this is really cool. This dude, his name is Roger Jackson. He's a voice, a voice actor. Uh, he's got a big resume on IMDb. Um, one voice that he's done is Mojo Jojo. He is the original voice of Mojo Jojo. Uh, that blew my mind because, like, his voice on in Scream is just like when you listen to him when he calls like Drew Barrymore in the beginning. He's so just like calm, and then even when he gets pissed at her. It's like a calm to piss. He's just like, no, turn on the lights again. You know, he's just like, it was done so well. And one of the things, David Arquette has never met him to this day. And and it kind of keeps, they wouldn't let the, the crew meet him either. Because it would kind of take a, might take away from their performance on the phone. It's like, oh, that's just, you know, Ro- you know, Roger, such a nice guy. But like his performance on the phone is just downright creepy as hell. And he's really, you know. He's a voice actor. He knows what he's doing. But yeah, so I kind of think the um the reboot, depending on how they, like, are they going for a complete reboot or like sort of like a uh, continuation, just ignoring certain things aspect of it? Or do you know? No. So like, yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, it's not the 80s. It's a 90s movie. So the 90s is coming back, I guess. It's like all Scream. cyclical. Do you like Scream? Oh, I loved Scream when it came out. I felt like I said, it was, like, it was the only horror movie I actually enjoyed. Yeah, because there's a kind of um, 
a mystery to it. And yes, it was it was uh, it was a slasher film. I would say it is along the lines of an '80s horror, just with a bit more plot. Exactly. And then the horror franchise went in a completely different direction, with just being about gore and no plot and rebooting things that way. And I'm kind of like, all right. But unfortunately, I do think Scream kind of lost its way, you know, down the line. Like the when he stopped. Uh, Kevin Williamson wrote the second one. I don't think he wrote the third one. And I think I felt it, 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 it you could tell the difference. But, you know, that's that's how showbiz works. Tom, you are a, well, you just told me for uh, you saw Bill and Ted face the music, right? I saw it this uh, past weekend, yes. Right. So that's uh, VOD and in select theaters where anybody can actually see a movie in the theater. And I still want to see it. Um, I haven't, but. You're... It was okay. Um, I don't really think Bill and Ted needed a third movie. I mean, it... it was it was nice to you know reminisce with you know seeing all the old characters and stuff. Keanu Reeves looked so stiff. I kind of yeah, you know what? I felt that too watching the trailers, which is weird for a guy who plays John Wick. Exactly. That's exactly my thoughts. I don't know if they were doing a lot of. I don't know if they were doing a lot of improv. But he was very stiff, and it was it was kind of weird because if you compare like all three movies, like they're children, they're literally kids in the first two, then they're like all wrinkly in this one. From what I haven't seen it, like I said, um, I, I felt that his daughter um, kind of had his mannerisms down of Keanu Reeves, like the way yeah she, they both do. Um, yeah, both, both um, of the kids did an excellent job. It, yeah, I do want to see it. Um, uh, I will wait to its regular, if I may. I do have a few facts on the original Bill. Uh, I some be, some facts about Bill and Ted that uh, were going to be in the movie and and whatnot. So the original, originally, Bill and Ted started off as a um, improv show by the creators, where they would play the characters and they would just take questions from the audience and, and answer them like the, like Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted are not stoners for those who believe it counter reads actually went out and said it they're just like they're originally made after um the surfer dudes and venice beach and they're just like you know happy guys they're just like you know you know just like that surfer type especially that stereotype in the 90s um the shot dude yeah like michelangelo from the ninja turtles the original idea for the movie was that they were going to be sent back in time and by accident they caused everything terrible that happened in history so i'm talking about uh, the plague, the world wars, and the Titanic, and things like that. They somehow caused all of it. There was going to be a, a version of Rufus who was going to be a 28-year-old forever sophomore in high school, who basically was always in high school at the age of 28. And he had a time machine van, as well as a dog that was smart and could talk, named Dog Rufus. Not crazy about the Rufus idea, but the movie was originally t- uh, titled Bill and Ted's Time Van. And of course, the van, we know, we've discussed that. A strange thing, before they chose Napoleon to be one of the main, one of the characters they bring back from history, they had Hitler in the script, which is just like, whoa. Um, Paulie Shore almost played Bill. This is pretty cool. Um, so Eddie Van Halen, uh, Ringo Starr, and Roger Daltrey all somehow or another almost played Rufus, which would have been completely different without George Carlin. I can't think of anybody playing this other than him. Those people that they see that they're called um, the three most important important people in the world. Um, they originally wanted ZZ Top, which is an interesting concept. Instead, uh, it was Clarence Clemmings from Bruce Springsteen in, in the E Street Band, the Motel's lead singer, the Motel's lead singer Martha Davis, and the Tubes singer F Waybill. So it was kind of cool. There was always this m- music thing to it. Know, like Eddie, they always talked about Eddie Van Halen. It's interesting to see how much music was involved in it. How was Death in it? Was he funny? He was okay. But did, did apparently there were there was spoilers. There was some rift because he was actually part of the band. Yes, and and they threw him off. <laughs> I I did see the part like in the uh, clip where like is he playing hopscotch? Is he cheating? <laughs> uh, was that William Sadler? I, I believe is his name who played him. Yeah. The- it was good. Yeah, it was an okay movie, but yeah, it wasn't what you expected after thirty years. Yeah, not really. It, uh, I mean, basically, 
you know, spoilers, you know, Bill and Ted are mostly in the phone booth time hopping, basically looking for the looking song. for the, the song. Right. Let me guess. Their daughters help them write the song. Uh, no, but they're part of it. I, I figured somehow they'd be involved. Um, yeah. Does it, according to the creators, it officially ends the Bill and Ted franchise. Do you feel it does? Yeah. It came off that way? It's a nice, yeah. I mean, it's a nice send off. Right. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'll be surprised for Bill and Ted Four, but yeah, yeah that's the way. If that's the way he wanted it, yeah, it was a good way to tie up everything. Yeah, maybe the only way you're ever going to get a another movie is if they do one on the daughters. Yeah, exactly. But originally, in the third one, uh, I'm sorry, at the end of the second one, they have sons, and originally they were writing the screenplay with sons, and it was just like not working. It's like we're just rewriting Bill and Ted. So they had like they were like suddenly why don't we just give them daughters and it kind of works better for their for the story but you never know what's going to happen with with a movie so here's another piece of news that came out of nowhere i don't know why they didn't include it dc had their fandom a few weeks ago but they forgot to mention or maybe they didn't forget they just flat out were saving it for some other time the animated movies so apparently next year we're going to see batman soul of the dragon now, Bruce Tim has been hinting at a 70s version of Batman that he's wanting to work on. This is what I think he's working on. This one I'm actually looking forward to, Justice Society World War II. We've never seen these characters in any type of animated form short of Hawkman. I'm so really excited for, for this. I mean, they... So Alan Scott as Green Lantern and like uh, Jay Garrick as a Flash. Yeah, Dr. Fate. Okay. All those guys. Um... Probably, yeah, probably uh, Hawkman as well. So I'm really interested for this. I mean, the DC animated movies are some of the best animated movies out there right now. I wish Marvel would, would take a hint. Because if Marvel only did, like, even a quarter of what DC animated thinks about, I mean, Marvel animation would go through the roof. They'd be, you know, the next MCU. And then finally, here, here was the real special announcement. They're going to animate. Batman The Long Halloween, based on the book by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Right. It's going to be in two parts. I mean... And it's coming out next year. Next year. They can really do this movie justice. If they treated it like... um, Let me ask you this. So they're... Supposedly, the new Batman movie is kind of based off The Long Halloween. Do you think, or, or, or somewhat of it, do you think the animated movie will strictly follow the book? Or are they going to change things in it? I'm sure they'll change things in it. Do you? Also, they didn't. They didn't announce who's writing it. It would be excellent if well, they got Jeff Loeb to do it. If it's, he's no longer at Marvel. Oh, really? When did he leave there? Apparently, rumor is Kevin Feige. Once they shut down Marvel TV because Feige was taking over, he flat out fired Jeff Loeb. So I, Jeff Loeb right now is a free agent. Jeff Loeb, I'm gonna tell you wrote the best stuff for dc um i always felt he he did his best work there i actually got a drunk phone call from him one night from uh my sister because of my sister she was out at a wizard show and she knew him it was midnight uh i'm sorry it was three o'clock my time midnight their time and i was big fan of his because you know he's, he's a great writer and i get the phone call and um a phone call three in the morning usually means somebody's dead basically and again, I'm like, hello. And my sister's like, hey, I got somebody wants to talk to you. It's Jeff Loeb. And I'm like, yeah, right. And it's Jeff Loeb. And they're both drunk. I'm like, son of a, like, why couldn't you talk to him? Have him call me when he was sober. There's so many things I want. I could have asked. But yeah, his his writing is great. And I, I'm thinking if it's coming out next year, it has to be in production already. And second, I hope and do you think that they're going to keep the line work of Tim Sale? Because his lines are so thin compared to somebody like Dave Stevens, who has a very like thick, bold line. His artwork is what makes half of that book what it is. You know, you got Jeff Loeb's writing, and then you got his artwork, and they both work so well to give it that noir kind of feeling. So, do you think they'll go for that style, or do you think they're gonna? They haven't shown any images yet. No, nothing. So it's a end. If this does well, will Dark Victory be? behind it where we meet rob yeah that'd be an interesting take but here's another thing that kind of bothers me or maybe the only thing that bothers me about dc animation they just came out with man of tomorrow a new different updated version of superman dc has superman for all seasons written by jeff Loeb and tim sale 
that book for some reason gets no love. They never got an absolute edition. They never even came close to an animated movie. DC is definitely missing the boat because if do yourself a favor, read Superman for all seasons. I mean, the closest thing is small is the Smallville TV show. Yeah, it, you know, and it has the feeling like one issue of when he lives in Smallville, or when he's like going to the soda shop with his friends, and then you got the issue where he's in Metropolis, kind of meets Lois Lane, and you got the issue where like he's kind of a button hedge with Lex Luthor, who I think has hair in the, in the comic, right? In the beginning. Beginning. And then it was a good kind of almost like an origin in a way. Right. Yeah. It, it was basically Superman, you know, concentrated at Smallville, like his. What makes Superman Superman? Yeah, and I like the way he, Tim Sale drew him as well. Um, he was muscular without being overly muscular. You know, they, they, he had that nice pronounced chin, um, and of course Jeff Jeff Loeb. Just the way he wrote him, it's just uh, Jeff Loeb just confined who Superman is, who Batman is. He he just connects with the character, and he could bring that out. On, on paper and it's, it's something that's hard to do with your own characters but if you're doing it with a character that's been around so many 80 or, or however years superman's even been around so i don't i honestly don't know off the top of my head this is somebody who really knows the hour so yeah he's just um yeah he's a great writer like it, it it would it would do justice to both uh warner brothers and to the fans if he actually wrote the long halloween script yeah yeah i i Next question, of course, is, you know, voice acting. Who who did they get? You know, I would love to see Kevin Conroy do it. Um, you know, Mark Hamill and all that, you know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But if they're going for a two-parter, they must be sticking pretty close to the book. That's true. Yeah, possibly. Um, which is a good thing. But yeah, like I said before, I wish Marvel would do the same thing. I mean, could you imagine an animated Craven the Last Hunt? Wow. Starting, you know, with Spider-Man? The black suit and, you know, yeah. All that, Yeah. That would be, you know, I mean, and you know, why stop there? I mean, Marvel has all these incredible adaptations they can make. Oh my God, the Trial of Reed Richards. They could probably right. take, um, you know, any of their major ones and just. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, then again, if Disney Plus is doing the What If show, um, maybe that maybe that's going to be a test for their animated series film, future films. Yeah, but I'm not too sure about it because most of the what ifs are based on the movies and the TV show. Oh, really? Not yeah, because the only one I've the only one they're doing that I'm sure of is um, Agent Carter uh, becomes Captain America. Right, right. So I'm thinking it's mostly based off the movies. Uh, I guess, and I I could see why they would go that route. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, keeps it in the MCU. But at the same time, it would be great to see like a adaptation from you know all these like like most popular ones exactly like it'd be great to see an animated Korvac saga you know just just marvel has so much of this history and yet i get it their disney shows are geared for children but it would be nice to see like a i don't know young adult well that's the thing with actually disney plus is going the mandalorian you can consider adult in the fact that it's action and adventure but yet children can watch it same thing with the marvel movies yet disney plus i read is going to have this sort of feature where it's going to have more of the adult movies and by that i mean anything that like touchstone put out anything for fox that they can put on uh and these are films that might have a bit more action a bit more um not not so much violence but just a bit more fighting stuff like that so i i think disney if they separate the Disney audience from like Disney Junior and they do have like a, you know, teen to adult version where like it's Raider style action and adventure. You know, Raiders Lost Ark is one of the one of the movies I like to think of as like um, a film that a child to an adult, can, an adult can watch and both enjoy it because it's got action. It's got suspense. It's got humor. It's got a little horror. Not a lot, but it's it's just all of these things that a great movie should be all in one. And it's just from beginning to end, it's perfect. It never misses a beat, keeps you on your toes. Every time you finally settle down, the next action scene kicks in. So if they kind of went with something along those lines, 
they would have a, they could have a lot of great stuff coming out. So Tal McFarlane and his DC multiverse line is coming out with a brand new McFarlane version, if you will, of Batman. It's going to be the first action figure in a new Todd McFarlane take on the DC characters. There's going to be two versions. He's going to have a dark navy cape and a black cape and or a black cape. And he was on Instagram last week. He was showing it off. Super detailed. It'll be available in 2021. Basically, it looked like Spawn as Batman. He had spikes. He had pouches. I don't like the spike idea. Well, it's mostly on his gauntlets. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they'll make a comic out of it? Probably not with the way really? DC. Yeah, probably I... the way the DC publishing thing is going right now. I doubt they'll make a... I mean, unless McFarlane himself is going to draw it, but I doubt it. Super 7 will begin release or begin shipping thundercats wave one starting tomorrow august 31st brian from super seven brian flynn he just announced that when you do receive these characters there will be some errors apparently panthro's uh, crotch area is a different shade of blue than the rest of them jackalman's neck has a lighter color right in the middle for some reason so these are errors but replacements will be shipping out in november they're gonna show you how to remove and replace these parts on the action figure and as a hey sorry we messed up you're gonna get an extra panthro head with light up eyes basically when you know, Lionel's calling Panthro with the Thundercat symbol. You're going to get a different head with the light up eyes. And those will be coming out in November. Well, you have to buy the, the replacement character to fix the pieces or how does that work? No, no. He's just going to send them in November. Oh, okay. And then the new ones will be the correct version after. You're just getting the replacement parts, not an actual figure. Oh, they're not even going to like re-release the figure. They're no. No, they're going to, uh, according to the video, he's just going to show you how to replace those parts. It's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's great seeing, you know, companies take a yeah, special interest or yeah. responsibility. They, they definitely look out for their fans. Fresh uh, Monkey Fiction has teased the return of the Central Organizational Police Specialist, COP. There's a picture on Instagram right now. If you go to Fresh Monkey Fiction, if you follow them, um... They they kind of look bulkier. They look like the the big bads that the turtles came out with a few years ago. They're you know they miniature but you know like heftier. Yeah yeah, it's a definitely a new take on cops. But I am happy to see that someone's picked up that license. You know it should be a wake up call to Hasbro. Lego is releasing another Harry Potter set. It's the Harry Potter Diagon Alley. This is actually kind of cool. Um, it's gonna ha- one of the buildings will have a hidden lever to move the arm and hat of the Weasley Brothers store. There are 5,544 Lego pieces. comes with 14 minifigs since it's going to be for all the different stores. And it's priced at a hefty $399.99. But uh, I guess if you're getting 14 figures and you're going to get like a bunch of the stores to go with it, I guess that's uh, doable, I guess. I don't know. Disney announced they're rebooting um, the Haunted Mansion movie again. So, uh, as you know, 2016 was the Eddie Murphy version, which wasn't that great. It uh, had some great special effects by Rick Baker, genius. But uh, it didn't really, wasn't, it didn't have the success that Pirates had, at least the first Pirates. Um, Del Toro was supposed to come out a while, a couple of years ago. He made an announcement. He was going to redo the um, Haunted Mansion and kind of focus on one of the ghosts, which is called the Hatbox Ghost. It was supposed to be in the original ride and was removed due to um, an issue with the effects of having his head disappear and appear in his hatbox that he was holding. So that never uh, came to be. So this new movie, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Will it carry, you know, the same uh, happy haunts that the ride has? Will it go a bit more horror? Will it go a bit more comedy? Will it keep it even in between? Uh, you know, it's to be decided, I guess. But, um, well, that'll be pretty interesting. Um, the Good Smile Company is coming out with a RoboCop figure. This is pretty pretty cool what they're doing. It's coming out January of 2021. Uh, it's going to be 6.7 inches. It will have interchangeable hands, three different lower jaws. It's going to be um, have a switchable battle-damaged helmet and chest. It will come with the Cobra Assault Cannon, the Auto 9 pistol, which will fit in his thigh holster and will actually have die-cast metal parts. February of 2021 is going to be the Motoroid ED209. This is kind of a model kit, which is weird. It's 
part model, part action figure, but he's 7.9 inches and his joints, pistons, and slide rails are articulated despite it being a model. Uh, the pictures online are pretty, pretty cool. Looking. Yeah, the Good Smile Company's done some really incredible stuff. Uh, they, a few years ago, they came out with a Ninja Turtle diorama statue set. Oh, wait, was that the one where they were standing on like the different building? Yes. Huh? Oh, man, I think it was freaking it was awesome. beautiful. Uh, so, so that a toy fair, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I came, you're going to have to beat me up if I say it. That's how cool it was. Yeah. Yeah, they do some really good stuff. I'm looking forward to that Robocop. Yeah, it looks, it, it, it does look nice. Even at, one of the hands is the one with that like spike that comes out. Yeah. You know, when it plugs into a terminal. So, yeah, um, they look like they did some really good work on it. And yeah, they, so far, my go to figure for Robocop was always the McFarland version. I know NECA did one a few years ago. Actually, they did a couple. There's a glow in the dark one, too. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, the McFarlane one a few years ago, that's that's always been my go-to one. It was kind of interesting is how nowadays figures are, are it's so common that they come with like um, uh, sets of like two additional heads or sets of six hands that when we were kids got like a, a blaster with your Star Wars figure and that's it. So it's, I don't know, are, are toys made for the kid or for the collector it's kind of uh the kid's gonna lose pretty much six of those hands you know the collector's gonna you make sure he keeps all six of those hands but it's 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 an interesting thing in how toys have developed through the years it'd be interesting to to actually find out i mean i'm sure there was collectors back then oh, but probably. maybe they weren't as vocal as we are today yeah i mean like the ninja turtles came with accessories they came with the, the throwing stars and you know things like that Right, but, and like you said, we were kids. We we're opening stuff up and yeah, you know, yeah. losing all the parts. Like the same day. Yeah, exactly. So we're recording on Sunday. So this Saturday, September 5th, Pixel Dan's book, The Toys of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, will be up for pre-order at the PowerCon website. So if you log on to www.thepower-con.com, you can not only pre-order Pixel Dan's book, but you can also get the Compendium Part 2 uh, Compendium book as a set. It will retail for $80 on the website. But if you're a fan of He-Man, this is the set you're, you've been waiting for. Not only will you get Pixel Dan's book, but Part 2 of the Compendium, from all from Dark Horse. So again... If you go to thepower-con.com, you can order the set for $80. So so good luck to Pixel Dan and his book and everybody involved with it. Apparently, everyone that, besides Dan and and Val, everyone that worked on the Compendium book, this is how they're going to get paid. So, you know, if you love He-Man, this is the book set for you. And along those lines, if you're even a casual fan of He-Man, go out and look for the Dark Horse books because each one is just a gem of information. Is the first one, the, com- the Compendium, still available? Yes. They're all, they're all available. Right? Is it just on, on uh, Dark Horse website or PowerCon or the first one? You can get it wherever. Amazon. Oh, okay. I've, I've... Yeah. No, the the only place to get part two is through the PowerCon website. Oh, and this is kind of like a biography of each character in a way. Exactly. That's kind of cool. So thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Thank you to Shared Universe Podcast Studio. Join the conversation with us at toys, T-O-Y-S, podcast at gmail.com. Find us on wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts we're on podbeam apple Podcasts, stitcher soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. and if you like what you hear please subscribe or give us a rating follow us on the social media twitter instagram at toy lines and once again join the conversation through facebook at toy lines or toy shelf magazine so thank you for listening um we're actually on our 12th episode so you know congratulations to you ian congratulations to you tommy we actually wouldn't be doing this with if it wasn't for you i don't know it's 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 all you man take 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 it
give credit where credit's due. And also, if you are listening, thank you. Please continue because we're actually getting bigger. We have some stuff down the pipe. We have some some podcasts that will be featured here, but will actually grow into its own uh, into their own show. So stay tuned with us. And yeah, then we got, some, we got some cool interviews lined up. Yeah, we we like I said, we we have some special stuff coming up. Um, and if you like what you're hearing or you just want to see pictures of what we discuss, you can always log on to toy-lines.com. You can look at articles we've written, toy reviews, everything, you know, about toys. We love this stuff and we're probably going to do it for a long time yes. to come. You're kind of stuck with us. Yeah. Like I tell my wife, you're stuck with me. <laughs> so uh, be excellent to each other. Yep, and play with your toys. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.